Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Amen. So this morning I've chosen Joshua chapters 1 to 3. We're going to whiz around Joshua chapters 1 to 3. And there's a lot in this. I'm really excited about what I've got to share. And um, I will begin with chapter 1. We may skip a little bit because there's an awful lot to read. So, yeah, let's read this bit. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite territory to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Again, hear it again. I've highlighted it. I hope it's big enough. Yes, it's not big enough on there for me. Be strong and courageous. Be careful and to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Yeah, I think it's been said before, hasn't it? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is what God said to Joshua as he took the baton from Moses. That's a big deal. Moses had led the people through 40 very difficult years, and it was not easy. The people were grumbling. They were very complaining people, weren't they? And we know a little bit about the background that Joshua had to take on. Not an easy task. Here he was, ready to do it. And God said to him, Every place you set foot, I will give you. I will give you. Now, I'm feeling like, as I was preparing this, after what Andrew said last weekend, I I had some thoughts already what to share today. And and God kind of changed my tack a little bit because I felt like God was wanting to bring a topic about crossing over this morning. And I thought, wow, okay, this is really appropriate for us as a church right now. And I know it's appropriate for me as an individual, and I'm sure it's going to resonate for other individuals here this morning that we have been given promises, we have been given a territory that God wants us to possess. Are we possessing it? Probably not. I think we have to answer ourselves honestly, am I possessing what God has called me to as an individual? Are we as a church entering into what God 
has called us to. And I was challenged last weekend as Andrew spoke. Are we actually possessing the land that God has called us to? I'm not sure that we are. Are we ready to cross over the Jordan into the promised land? This morning we're going to look at some hot tips to cross over. The road ahead might seem difficult and treacherous. Actually, yes, it's been treacherous for 40 years in this case. And now here we are, and there's a river in front of us, the Jordan River, and they're going to cross over it, and they're wondering how. Actually, in those days, apparently, it was a big river, bigger than it is today. And at its widest point, I believe it was 12 miles wide. And at this point in time, not only that, but... It was in the spring season where the river's higher and it flooded its banks and they were going to cross it. And it felt really strange that God was leading them to cross the Jordan River at that particular point. Why? I've asked that many times in my life. I think as a church we could possibly ask the same. Why? Are we being asked to cross something that looks difficult right now? We haven't got a pastor. We're looking for, we're in a transition period, just like the Israelites were. We're going to cross over, though. There is a promised land that we've got to take hold of. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. I will give you every place where you set your foot. So... We've been told three times to be strong and courageous as well, haven't we? Three times we need that strength. We need that courage in our lives. We've got to take a hold of it, strength and courage. And it comes from God himself. Joshua was told to be strong and courageous. Why? Because God gave him strength and courage. It came from God. God was equipping him to have that strength and courage. I'm going to read on to verse 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, three days, you will cross the Jordan here and go to take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you as his own. You know, I'm going on to the next slide now. We have a slide here with a picture of some hedgehogs on it because do you remember that advert where um, the hedgehogs were crossing the road? I mean, it was a kind of a whole program about learning to cross the road. And I just felt, as I was crossing the road actually out here the other day, uh, coming to church, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, do something about crossing over, and which was what led me to this passage. And I was thinking about those hedgehogs. And there's a great advert, it's on the next slide, and it says, stop, look, listen, and live. Um, I felt like we'll take those four points today as our four points, because those hedgehogs were very vulnerable crossing the road, right? <laughs> a bit like the people of Israel crossing this great big river, which was in its high season, flooded, even bigger than normal. Hedgehogs crossing a road is probably a little bit similar. They could quite easily be squished. Have you heard the joke? You probably have. Why did the hedgehog cross the road? It's very sad. To see his flatmate. Oh, 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 oh. oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's upset anyone today. <laughs> There's a lot of hedgehog jokes. Actually, that's probably, probably one of the most pathetic ones. But anyway, 
Um, <laughs> if you don't stop, look, listen, and live, that is what is going to happen. We need to take that courage. We need to stop. So we're focusing first on stop. So Joshua had been told, um, get your preparations ready, provisions ready. Three days. He had three days to prepare. I feel that's really important in our lives and as a church that we take time to stop and prepare. As we know, we are in this transition phase as a church and, and, and I could feel sometimes we had an AGM on Thursday night and it's very easy to think, why hasn't this happened quicker? Why hasn't this happened quicker? I don't know, except that I do know that we are as a leadership, trying to follow God's lead, and that sometimes we have to stop and take time to prepare. Three days they had to prepare. Three days. It's time to stop and ponder where we're at. And actually, that three days isn't three years, by the way. Actually, I think that's quite important because sometimes we think, oh, I'll just stop. It doesn't mean stop forever. It doesn't mean stop for a year, a few months. It's stop for three days. Three days, that's what God said. Three days you'll be here. That's time to get stock of things, to get looking at where we're at, get ready for the next season, get provisions made. In their case, I should think they would would be um, cooking, they would be in their camp, they would be making food ready, they would be getting um, everything packed up in their bags in a way that was easy to carry, and um, they would have packed up their tents, they would slowly be gathering all their stuff and getting, making sure they had everything. We need to make sure we've got everything. We need to stop, get time to prepare, make sure that we're ready to take the crossing, the important crossing, we can't have business as usual. It's time to prepare. It's time to make sure as a church we're preparing for the next season. We can never, ever stop as Christians preparing, being ready for the next season. God might call you to a new season. He might say, I've got a new season for you in the future. And this is what it is. And I want you to prepare. This year, I've had a really tough year, and many of you know I was diagnosed with cancer in uh, June, and um, it's been very tough in many ways, not just that, actually. <laughs> and um, so I had a dream. This dream was that I, Robin and I, my husband, were buying a house, and this house was, uh, it was a very vivid dream. We'd bought this big house, and we came to get it the day that the completion had happened we opened the door and as we walked into this big house it wasn't what we had hoped it was not the crossing over into new territory that we had hoped inside the owners the previous owners had left lots and lots of junk there was stuff everywhere everything they they'd left all kinds of things randomly it was in a bad state and I kind of thought in the dream, oh, no, what am I going to do? This is not how it should be. And so I'm going to go and actually I'm going to phone the estate agent. The estate agent can deal with this. We know that he is, she is responsible. They need to have made sure that the house was empty before we came in. Preparation. And so I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, I felt this was a message for myself, that God had new things ahead for me. 
And I believed completely that my illness, although it was sent not by God, it was an enemy attack to derail me because the enemy loves to sabotage the crossing over that we're going to take. And he is not going to sabotage any crossing over that we're going to take, that I'm going to take. And we can come to the estate agent, in my dreams case, God, and say, God, I am your child. I am taking the victory. I am going to be strong and courageous because you are with me. And this is what we need to take. We need to take that authority. We need to think about the next season as a new beginning. And we need to take authority, take it seriously, stop, prepare, be ready, be strong, get the things done in our life. Is God doing something in our lives that will make us more ready for the next season, both as a church and as individuals? What is God doing in your life to make you ready for the next season? My illness has been a time of reflection, and I have thought about how God is my strength. It's not been easy going to some deep places, but God is my strength. I am going to take that strength, and I am going to take that courage. And I'm going to move forward into the new territory that God has called for me. But we need to have that vision. We need to have that calling. What is our vision? We were challenged last weekend as a leadership very much that as a church, what is our vision? What is our specific vision? And I think being quite honest, we realize that actually we haven't got a clear enough vision as a church. And I feel that as a church, we need to take hold of a vision. And that vision, we're going to seek God in this next season. This time of preparation before we cross over has to be a time where we seek God. What is the promised land that he's leading us to? In my own life, I know what he said. I know where I'm going. And I, I feel as a church, we need to know. We need to take that time to stop, recognize what is God saying at this time? What is he preparing? What is the promised land? What does that look like in our context as a church? And um, we have a prayer meeting on the 8th of December, a week on Thursday. That's an announcement I'm doing ahead, Tom. Um, so prayer meeting a week Thursday is an opportunity to pray and seek God as a church. What is our vision for this church? What is our vision for this community? We're not here to just be a cozy community. We're here to be... Um, a light and salt for that outside world. So now I'm going to move on to Joshua chapter 3. I could go on to Joshua chapter 2 where the spies went out into Jericho and they looked at the land and they saw that there was bad things and the giants were there and that, oh my goodness, 10 of those spies went out and came back with a bad report and said, no, it's an awful place to go. Oh no, you wouldn't want to go there. Um, Two of the spies, two, came back with that courage and strength that God said to Joshua to have and said, there's going to be a breakthrough here. And so because two people came back with good news, the people of Israel, Joshua leading them, did take the step of going and crossing over the Jordan River. It says in chapter 3, verse 3, early in the morning... Joshua and all the Israelites set out 
from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So the next slide, we have another point in our um, hedgehog story. And that one is, look, look. So Joshua was told that the people must look at the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because the Ark of the Covenant records... Oh, I've forgotten the word. <laughs> represented... Oh, my goodness. Uh, represented the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. And they had to look at the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant was holy. It was set apart. It was, that was why they had to keep their distance, because it was, it was a very holy thing. It represented the very presence of God in physical form, although it wasn't actually the presence of God. But we, in our context, we need to look at the presence of God. We need to follow the presence. Where is the presence of God leading? What areas is the presence of God on in our lives? That is where we need to be. That is where we need to be. It was at the time of the Ark of the Covenant um, that people recognized that there was something really special that it carried. What in your life carries the presence of God? What in our lives as a church really carries the presence of God? These are the things we need to go with. We need to look at his presence. You know, later on, one of the kings of Israel in um, 2, Corinthians, 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat, he said this, there was a vast army um, approaching him, and he said, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That is what we need to say. We sometimes, as we get to that place of crossing over, we don't know what to do. We don't know what the next thing is. But if we keep our eyes on the presence, we will know what to do. And sometimes it's one little step at a time. In this story, Joshua was told, where are your feet? Put your feet. Where do your feet go? Where do my feet go? In my journey the last few months, I've had to put my feet just one tiny step ahead of the next. One tiny step, following the presence of God. Sometimes I haven't really felt the presence of God, but sometimes I would feel it faintly, and I would follow just one step one step. Hebrews 12.2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. This is what we are to do. Fix our eyes on Jesus. 
Fix our eyes on his presence. Go with where his presence is. Allow him to lead us. We don't know what to do sometimes, but we need to follow that presence with courage, with courage. So um, again, in chapter three, we're moving on to the next bit where there's a bit more to read in scripture. Um, The Lord said to Joshua um, in verse seven, today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Put your feet, just stand in the river, a massive step of faith. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Ammonites, Jebusites. Wow. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. The presence of God will begin to go where you think there's no way. The presence of God begins the journey first. The presence of God, the priests were carrying this. They had to put their feet one in front of the other. The waters hadn't moved. Nothing had changed. They were going to take the presence of God. As they did, we know something happened. Choose 12 men from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, will be cut off and stand in a heap. In a heap. The waters will stand in a heap. Now, where have we seen this before? We've seen this before when Moses brought the people across the Red Sea. That happened before. They should know that God has done this before. Some of them may have forgotten. Some of them might not have been alive at that point. God has been this way before. Whatever your circumstances, God has been that way before. He's been that way before. Now, I'm just going to go back slightly as I look at the next point, which is on the next slide about um, listen. Um, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I remember learning it as a young child, as a memory verse. I would recommend this verse, if any verse, as a key verse in in your heart. Keep this book, Joshua 1.8, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Now we know from Romans 10.17 that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So, listen. We need to listen to his word not the voice of the enemy. You know, the enemy could say to you, it's not going to happen. You're not going to cross the river. When you put your foot in the water, nothing's going to happen. Of course it's not. It never does. It's impossible for water to stand up like a heap. But Joshua was told by God that that would happen. The water would stand up like a heap. He listened to the voice of God. He listened to the word 
the very words of God. We need to put the word in our hearts. I loved it when uh, Julian brought this morning Psalm 19. I was going to mention that anyway this morning because it says one little line there says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I have hidden my, your word in my heart. If we hide God's word in our hearts when times are easy, when we're getting to that place of crossing over, the time will still be tough. For me, the last few months, times were still very tough. Yet, I had hidden God's word in my heart months, years, many, many times before this. God's word was at the forefront of my mind. And you know, the verse that's really spoken to me a lot over this time was in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, um, verses ooh, 14, 16 to 18, I think. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. These light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. That is amazing. Whatever your troubles this morning, they're achieving for us an eternal glory. And in God's kingdom, every trouble that we have, he, he understands. If you're going through something really difficult, he understands. He knows. He's there with you. He's there as you put your foot in the water. But then he says in that verse, that verse says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, not what we can see, except the presence of God, which technically we can't see physically with these eyes. We're looking in the spiritual realm right now. Um, we look at what is unseen. Since, this is since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Whatever you're chasing towards, make sure you're chasing towards something that is unseen, the presence of God, the presence of God. That's what we need to be seeking. This is what we need to be seeking in our own church, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit to fall upon us, to be leading us, to be guiding us, to help us to move forward into the new ground and territory that we are moving towards. So, here we are. The people of Israel were listening. Joshua was listening to the word. And he said to all the people, keep this book of the law in your heart. Meditate on it. Be careful to do everything that is written in it. There are seasons of preparation. And our church is in one of those seasons right now. We need to stop, prepare, look at his presence. Listen to what the word of God says. We all have promises over our lives. If you don't feel you have a promise over your life or a vision or a dream that God has put there, ask him for it because this is your time of preparation before you cross over. Don't spend too long over it because you'll never get there if you don't, if you do. Let God show you, what's your dream for my life? What's your vision for my life? What is your purpose? What is the promise that you've given me that you want to fulfill in my life? How do I prepare? How do I look to you? What do I look at in your word? What words have you given? 
But the enemy will try and steal and kill and destroy. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus has come that we might have life and that we might have it to its fullness, that we might be able to cross over into the promised land and have that fullness of life which the Israel pe- people of Israel were promised in the promised land. I sense here this morning that there are people who have been robbed of what they're meant to do in crossing over, what they're meant to be going into. We have to sometimes contend for that abundant life that God has called us into. That might mean taking that step, that one footstep into the promised land. It might mean taking our eyes off of what is seen, but onto the things that are unseen, the word of God, and listening and looking for his presence. It will mean taking our eyes off of the things that will make us doubt. It will mean taking our eyes off of the distractions putting our eyes onto God, look at him. The word of God also says, the word that comes out of his mouth in Isaiah 55, it will not return empty. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. I've had to hold on to this the last few months, that what I've been called to will be accomplished. What I am meant to do what God is saying will be accomplished. So the next point in our um, message is live. And there's a bit of a scripture here, and this is the exciting bit. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead. Now the Jordan was in flood at this stage, like I mentioned It was harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up like a heap. It did pile up like a heap. The water stopped a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the sea Um, beyond it was completely cut off so the people crossed over opposite Jericho the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of hang on I can't see this it stopped there Um, they they crossed until people had crossed onto dry ground they carried on they carried on and you know This is where we have got authority to step out onto that dry ground and live. The fourth point, live. We are going to live. As a church, God wants us to live. He wants us to live in the promise. We are all called to live in our promise. Maybe that's a promise that you've had many years ago that you've never really thought would be fulfilled. Hold on to it. Look for the presence. Follow the presence of God. Contend for it. Step your foot in the water. The water will rise up like a heap. Take time to prepare. Look and keep your eyes on the presence. 
Listen to the word of God. Hide his word in your heart. Live in the promises. And, you know, as I come to a close, I just want to remind you of something else about the River Jordan. I found this really exciting as I thought about it. You know, Jesus was baptized in which river? The Jordan River. What happened when he was baptized? It says in Mark 1 verse 10, as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw, what did he see? He didn't see the waters um, stand up in a heap. He didn't see the waters open. He saw heaven open. Heaven opened. It was torn open, it says. And the spirit descending on him like a dove. Now I'm going to finish with this bit. It sends tingles down my spine to think that the same Jordan River, which stood up like a heap and let the people of Israel across to follow into their promised land, the land of destiny, to cross over into their land of destiny, the same river, the heavens opened over Jesus many years later. The heavens can open over us as we step into the promised land, as we cross over into all that God has for us. As a church, are we expecting his presence to move? Are we expecting the heavens to open over this church, over this town, in our community? Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.